Hello everyone. Welcome to See Think Live. This is Father Brian Oaks. And this end of the table is Jonathan Dick. Welcome guys. Thank you for listening today. How you doing today, John? I'm doing well, Father. Uh, how about yourself? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Anything uh, anything interesting in the news? Have you heard of the... Of course you've heard. Why did I even ask? You've heard of the new uh, bishops being elected down in L.A., right? Oh, I have. And for those of you who don't know, I actually went to seminary down in Los Angeles. And That's so right. uh, one reason that it's interesting to me uh, to have three new bishops down there is that I know that... I know the church well down there. I know a lot of uh, priests. I have a lot of uh, classmates from the seminary there. But there's another reason that this was kind of interesting, huh, John? Yeah. One of the big names in the uh, Catholic evangelization world and social media and everything else about it is Father Robert Barron, as some of you may know listening, uh, is newly elected bishop. Yeah. So Robert Barron, for those of you who don't know, he's a priest for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Yep. He has been recently serving as rector of Mundelein Seminary, where many of our uh, priests in the Archdiocese of Seattle here have been educated. But he also runs an apostolate called Word on Fire Ministries. Uh, Word on Fire produced the Catholicism series, series that video series, uh, which is very well produced. So well produced. If you want to learn a lot about Catholicism, that's certainly a great place to start. Uh, and Father Brian also, not Father Brian, Father Barron, sorry, also has uh, his podcast that he records each Sunday on, uh, you get them on iTunes and almost anywhere through the Word on Fire Ministries. If you just go into their website, they have great stuff there. They obviously have their stuff well put together, which is really awesome. Absolutely. Really quality stuff. Father Barron does such a great job, and I think that LA is a perfect place for him to settle. Uh, L.A. is going to be great for Father Barron as well. Father Barron's so good at finding what he calls seeds of the word. All right, so he'll watch a movie, even a movie that has uh, on the surface nothing uh, that has yeah. to do with our faith, and he can find those little seeds of the word, and he can he can uh, he can use those to help dialogue with the culture in which we live. So I think that it's going to be yeah. really. Wonderful to have him down there working in the entertainment industry, working so close to Hollywood. And one of the biggest things that uh, one of my friends and I were discussing online one day was once he was uh, was called Bishop-elect, we, we were just so excited to see this great priest, this great uh, guy who's well-known and who is much accredited for evangelization and using media and things like that to get the good news out is becoming bishop. And and. We were just both super excited because we said that's not only going to mean something good for just L.A., but for him being within, like, the United Catholic Conference of uh, Bishops, and United States Catholic Conference of Bishops and things, all that stuff. It's just going to be awesome for the whole United States and even the world to have him in uh, such authority. Absolutely so. So very good news, very exciting news. Yes. Please pray for all of our bishops, bishops-elect, yes. uh, and pray for our own bishop, okay? Archbishop Sarton. The bishop of our archdiocese, he's been recovering for some sur- from some surgery, and I know that yeah. he'd love your uh, prayers as well. That would be awesome. That really would be. So, without wasting any more time, let's get on to the topic of discussion today, which is... Uh, we're going to continue to kind of look through our mission statement, and we're going to begin to talk about that first part. What it means to see like Jesus. 
Of course, our mission statement being see like Jesus, think like Jesus, live like Jesus. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to see like Jesus. How are we going to do that? What's the first, what's the root of all that we do? What's the root of our mission and where does it come from? Well, well let's start looking at what God has revealed. Okay, yeah. because that's one thing we want people to know. Our, our, our mission doesn't just sound good. Although it does. It does sound very good. It does sound very good. <laughs> nice and catchy. Uh, but it, it comes to us f- from Scripture and from uh, the church's interpretation of Scripture. And I think that's really important because many people don't think that Catholics are rooted in Scripture. Many people, I think, have a tendency to believe that Catholics kind of have created this whole, uh, uh, this whole kind of uh, just random traditions and rituals that have no basis in scripture but truthfully everything absolutely every scriptures. everything we do finds its root in in uh in the rev- in what god has revealed to us yes by coming down from heaven and becoming human amen uh so anyway if you want to look at john chapter 9 we see a really great story it's where jesus cures a man blind from birth Mm-hmm. And so what's going on in this is, is Jesus and his disciples are, are walking through Jerusalem. And the disciples see a man who was blind. And they say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus says, neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. And so what happens is Jesus uh, uh, spits in the ground, he makes some clay, he puts the clay on this man's eyes, tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Uh, Lo and behold, the man can see. And this miracle sort of shocks some of the Pharisees, of course, as so many of Jesus' works did. Uh, They couldn't believe that this man was cured. Because Jesus cured him on the Sabbath. That was obviously a work. You were not to work on the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees then begin to question uh, who it was that actually healed this man. They say, is this man from God or is he not from God? Because if he was from Mm -hmm. God, he wouldn't have done this thing on the Sabbath. And so uh, anyway, they get into this big discussion. They interview the blind man or the man who was blind, I guess. He's not blind anymore. And then they start to interview his parents. They, they talk to all these people. And uh, in the end, uh, Jesus comes back to them and says, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see might see and those who do see might become blind. And the, the Pharisees at the end of this little story, it's at the very end of John chapter 9, uh, they have this very important line. The Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, surely we are not also blind, are we? And that's, that's really where the story ends. Uh, and this story is so important because that, that question that they asked, surely we're not also blind, are we? That's something that we should all ask. And it's true. I mean, I think it's something we should ask regularly on a daily basis of, of like, are we blind to um, seeing God working in our lives? Because one of the uh, 
um, traditions that was mentioned, uh, you didn't mention, but I wanted to kind of re-mention was that in the Jewish tradition, they believe that if you were born with some kind of defect, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you were born with some type of defect or illness, kind of like blindness or something like that, they believe that that was brought, that was a physical manifestation of God's punishment of the parents of that child who had experienced that issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things is, is that it, <laughs> that's all wrong. We know that to be all wrong. And, but, because one of the great lines that I heard out of this was, was that, all these things that we have around us, everything that's around us is, uh, are the work, are, are there so that we can see the works of God that they might be made manifest in Him, and that's coming right from the uh, reading Father Brian just mentioned, mm-hmm. and it's just so true. Like, do are we blind to seeing God working in everything? Um, are we are we blind to seeing God working even in the uh, most sinful of places, in the most kind of a places where we don't want to even look at God still yeah. manifesting himself in those. Yeah, you know, the the Pharisees in the story, they were they were blind. They couldn't see God's presence in the world even though Jesus was standing right who was there. God was right there, there right right <laughs> in front of them. Like, they they couldn't doing? see it. So seeing like seeing like Jesus, again there is a sense in which we can see God's presence in the world. We yeah. can see God working in the world. And and you know, uh, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, you know, his first encyclical that he wrote, which was called Lumen Fide. Or uh, in English. In English, it means light, the light of faith. Uh, he, really, he really talks about how faith helps us see. He says, right in the first paragraph, those who believe in our Lord, those who believe in, in Jesus, that he came down, that he was God who came down from heaven mm-hmm. and lived among us, those who believe see. They see with a light that illumines their entire journey. All right? So we, we do see God's presence in the world when we, when we receive this gift of faith from God. I mean, one of the things that you, I mean, so glad we brought it up was the whole idea of Father Robert Barron and how he kind of sees seeds of the word in everything. One of the great articles uh, I read of, and I think almost all of America has seen this movie, is Despicable Me. Not Despicable Me. Uh, Minions? Uh, no, it's the other cartoon that came out. Oh, uh, Inside Out. Inside, Inside Out. out. Okay. So one of the greatest things was he, he wrote a whole article on God's gift of sadness. And the movie really is just a whole explanation of, I mean, if you, if you can look at it through the lens and the light of faith, I mean, it's God coming into this film and saying, look, sadness, it's okay to be sad you can't be happy all the time because we do live in a world that's so kind of caught up and i need to be happy i need pleasure i need all these good experiences to um be content with life and 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 that's a good thing to bring up because it's when people are sad when people are are experiencing that kind of suffering where they begin to doubt god's God's presence and god's existence and their god's existence period but god's presence in their lives and so looking at sadness through the lens of the gospel, we really do see how God is present to us. Exactly. So then, Father, how might uh, seeing with the light of faith and seeing with the light of Christ impact our lives in a real way? Okay, well, well, first of all, I think we can talk about how we see ourselves. All right, when we see ourselves like Jesus sees us, uh, we're not just going to see ourselves in terms of our faults. We're going to see ourselves in terms of our 
giftedness. We're going to see ourselves in terms of our, of our full potential. We're going to see ourselves, of course, as a beloved child of God who has been chosen to live the gospel and who has some part to play in this, mm-hmm. this greater story. And so, uh, you know, I can, I can talk about my own experience of, of coming to see myself hopefully like Jesus, but certainly, you know, differently <laughs> yeah. over time, you know. Um, yeah. And that was just in terms of my own vocation to the priesthood. Okay. Uh, you know, when I was in college, you know, unsure of what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure where I was headed. Not even really sure uh, where I'd been. Certainly not sure of where God had been in my, in my life. Yeah. And... You know, seeing myself in terms of my giftedness, you know, and, and actually, you know, once I started to go back to church and things like that, things like that, you know, things that, uh, blessings that I had received from God, they suddenly started to make sense. Okay. You know, not just my own talents or things like mm-hmm. that, but my own interest, my own deepest desires for myself. Also experiences that I had had in the past that you know, I remembered for some reason. Didn't really re- know why I would remember these experiences from when I, from when I was a child. Mm-hmm. They all started to make sense in terms of priesthood. And so yeah. I started to see myself uh, as a priest. And I started to understand, like, okay, well, maybe this is why God is calling me to this. Yeah. So I feel like I started to see myself in terms of, of how God uh, was seeing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, you know, being a priest is, is wonderful and I'm learning each and every day why he called me to this. Okay. I learn a little bit more about it each and every day. Yeah. Um, not only the way we see ourselves, but also the way we see the world. Seeing the, seeing the world like Jesus sees the world is important because, you know, I've said it, I've said it before, you know, people work so hard pursuing things that ultimately don't mean fulfill that, their needs don't and fulfill them and, and things that go out of style you know you even think of, of saving up money to buy uh, a new phone to buy new clothes yeah to buy new whatever you know all this stuff winds up going out of style eventually of course but but people think that they have to have this stuff yeah uh, they don't see these goods for what they truly are mm-hmm. you know they're still good but they're not as good. They're, they're not, not a lasting good. They're not a lasting good. Yeah. So seeing like Jesus, it helps us see these things that really endure so that we can spend our time and energy pursuing things that really do fulfill us in a deeper way. And that, that reminds me of another great quote from Pope Francis's encyclical, Lumen Fide. He says, In the absence of light, everything becomes confused. It is impossible to tell good from evil or the road to our destination from other roads which take us in endless circles going nowhere. So when we see like Jesus it gives a it gives a direction for our life. All of our time, all of our energy, all of our gifts, all of our strengths, all of that can be used to get to our ultimate end mm-hmm. which is which is communion with God. Mhm. Amen. So are there any other ways uh, that you can anything else that you can say about uh uh, seeing more like Christ? Well, yeah, not only... We've already, we've already talked a little bit about how... 
we can it might change how we can look at ourselves, how we can look at other things in the world, uh, but also, uh, of course, the way we see other people. Okay. Okay. The way we see other people, and and especially, I think it's it's worth talking about uh, the difference between lust and purity. Here. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Okay. So when we see people with the eyes of Jesus, we will see them in a pure way. Yes. And there's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about what purity actually is. You know, a lot of people think that purity is when we, you know, it's this, it's this puritanical idea of oh, oh, someone's beautiful, I must look away, can't look at them. That's just a terrible, terrible sin. Exactly, and that's not really what purity is. Purity yeah. is when we see the person for really all that they are. Okay, lust is when we see a person really as only a body. Yes. Uh, when we see someone as only a body, we see them as, as an object, something that can be used for our own selfishness, for mm-hmm. our own pleasure. Yeah. And this isn't just this isn't just in terms of, of, of sexuality. It's also just in terms of the way a, a boss might see some of their coworkers, and so, or a boss might see some of their employees. They might see them as a as a means to an end. They might see them as just somebody to be productive. Here, just here, just do more work so I can enjoy myself and go golfing or something like that. Exactly. You know, so so seeing someone with purity, yeah, we actually see them as a person, not just a body, but a person with an interior life. We see them as a hundred percent everything who they are. And we also understand that they are a person who is loved by other people in the world. Right? Yep. They have parents, they have grandparents, mm-hmm. they have people who care about them. Yeah. And also someone who's loved by God. Yeah. See them as a child of God. We see them as being created in the image and likeness of God. So when people get this notion that purity means we're supposed to turn away, mm-hmm. that's not purity either because we're supposed to find other people beautiful. We're supposed to see that they are created in the image and likeness yes. of God who is beautiful. Beauty itself. Yes, who is beautiful. And so we should find other people attractive. We just have to remember that they also are a person who's loved by other people, a person who's loved by God, and a person who has an interior life. And so when we see like Jesus, we'll be very, very conscious of the fact that there's more to them than their body. And, And when we see people like Jesus, we will not want to use them. We will want to humanize them. We will want to do what's loving for them. And because, uh, and one of the things is, uh, in seeing like Christ, and I don't want to speak too much of it because this is going to be on our next topic, this really leads into thinking like Jesus. And so when we do see this person who is beautiful and uh, we, we see the beauty that God's given to them, not just physically, but holistically in, in, in who they are, we begin to think of like, how are we controlling our thoughts and actions and things that we do in the presence of this, uh, this other, this beautiful creation that God has uh, placed before us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd like to mention just one last thing to all of our listeners before we end this podcast. Okay. And, and it, again, it goes back to, to the Pope's encyclical, to Lumen Fide. This is in paragraph 46. And the Pope is talking about prayer. And he says, By praying the Lord's Prayer, Christians learn to share in Christ's own spiritual experience and to see all things through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Right, Jesus prayed the Our Father. He prayed the Lord's Prayer. He prayed that prayer from his heart. And when we say that prayer, when we say that prayer 
as people who are open to this conversion, this prayer can actually transform us. And it can actually begin to draw us into communion with the Lord. Yeah. And through praying the Lord's Prayer, we can actually come to receive that gift of sight which he gives us. So... As we go forth from this podcast, I want to encourage everyone, I want to encourage all of our listeners, mm-hmm. pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Pray it slowly. Pray it devoutly. And pray it, pray it knowing that by praying this prayer with faith is actually bringing you into communion with Jesus. So I guess with that, we will... Uh... We want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in to our second podcast. We're really happy it's gone so well, and we're looking forward to making uh, many more. Father Brian? Thank you all very much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.